Welcome to this new episode of the Film Waves podcast. I'm your host, Luca, and today we have a very talented guest for you. She's an expert at creating instant film collages, and she's here to tell you all about it. First of all, could you explain to our listeners who you are and what's your journey with photography? Well, my name is Erin Delcine. I'm most known for uh, being the film collage artist, and I shoot instant film collages. Uh, I started doing photography as actually a photojournalist, and uh, when I got sick, I got sick with Lyme disease, um, I was able to... I have photography to be able to take me through that. And um, I think my journey really started when I got sick because I was able to focus on what I wanted to create. And I had enough time to be able to set myself apart with something unique. And it was just, I could work when I wanted to and when I felt well. Why really, like, why did you get into collages and not any other kind of, of photography? <laughs> Well, I do photography full time. So I actually shoot like fashion editorials and headshots and digital. I shoot 35 millimeter for my clients in 120. I was looking for a way to tell my story with Lyme disease. And because it's so controversial, I wanted a way that was unique to be able to bridge that gap of, of misunderstanding. And when you're sick and you ha and you're chronically ill, there are pieces of your life that you need to put back together you know it's not it's such a big story and I had my film my film pieces and one day I had all the missed shots I had like an arm and like a head and like a random thing and I was just like wow and I had them on the floor and they kind of look cool like, a, like an actual body of other people and I was like what happens if I could tell stories that people didn't understand in pieces in a way that people could understand And I knew I wanted to do surrealism. And I was like, if I could build something piece by piece, I can control what it is. So a lot of my pieces are surreal. So a girl coming out of the clouds. So I can build my stories around it. And it focuses it. I wanted to focus in more on my stories. And there's no better way to do that than to look at a scene and then zoom into a piece and then just go one by one. You can really control your message that way. Mm -hmm. And it was just something different other than my other photography world. So how do these stories come out? Like you think of the story <laughs> and then you start to shoot or you start to shoot and then the story comes out of itself? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have so many ideas. It, they just come rapid fire. And I think it's because I do it for a living that I have to constantly come up with ideas. So I sketch them out, actually. And then because they're so expensive to fund, each Polaroid shot's $3. So yeah. when you, my biggest piece right now is about 100 pieces of Polaroid film. So I will sketch them to kind of get that artist release like I'm actually creating. And then I'll fund a project and shoot it. And so by the time I shoot it, they're very much executed. Um, My bigger pieces with models, they literally take all day. So I've been trying to like map out my distance and come up with like my each shot 
quicker so that I can, if we're going on a deep location out in the middle of the Redwood Forest in Humboldt, that's already going to take two hours to get to location. And then the shoot's going to take eight hours. That way it's kind of mapped out and I can move quickly because we develop each piece on location and they are shot manually. So sometimes it um, takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. And you shoot only on Polaroid or you shoot both on Polaroid and Fuji, Instax and whatever? Oh, I shoot on both. I am very much addicted to all instant film. <laughs> um, I shoot, I've shot um, wide, square, mini Instax. Um, I shoot on a modified Instax. Um, and then I have been shooting more Polaroid right now. And I shoot on a Mamiya Press with a Roosevelt back. So I have full manual control and I can switch out lenses and I can use uh, like color eye type. Um, I use that a lot to save money. Mm -hmm. And then um, uh, I can use 600 and I can also use SX to 70 if I want to control my color and my light a little bit better. So I use a lot of different film depending on really what I want to tell in that story. And which one is your favorite around like all these formats? And oh, Polaroid for sure. Polaroid? Polaroid, Polaroid SX to 70 film. SX70 is such beautiful film. 600 film is so beautiful. Um, it's so expensive. So the bigger the, the pieces go, they're doing really well with the color eye type. I got to say the colors are very true, but I'm Polaroid through and through for sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I love insects and the color and the contrast. It's so hard. I just love film. It's so hard to pick one. <laughs> it really is. And are there projects where you use more than one or for one project, project you stick to one specific kind of film? I actually have never mixed them until recently. I did on my big um, poppy collage. I did use insects wide and insects square to fill in some pieces. Um, but I am working on a piece right now that's going to have all the film. Um, and it's going to be really cute. It's, I'm excited about it. But it'll be my first one. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. uh, no, because we talked about this difference between Fujifilm and Polaroid with another guest. And yes. we were saying that like the Polaroid one It seems more artistic and the Fuji mm -hmm. one feels a little bit more precise and yes is that the deciding factor on which you base uh, this project is going to be Fuji this project is going to be Polaroid or you have a different yeah. way of deciding no yes actually um, I find I have a photojournalism background and I find Fuji film to be more photojournalistic and Polaroid film artistic, um, what you see is what you're going to get. You're going to get that high contrast, that rich color every single time. I feel like you, you know what you're going to get. Polaroid's kind of like magic and you're kind of waiting for it to develop. Um, but yeah, if I have a message, especially if it, all of my messages in my, in my work is around like survival and rising above something. So if I have a message that's kind of you know, rougher, I'll use Polaroid film because there's more question in that. Um, but if it's more of a bold statement with a lot of color, I'll use insects. Um, but I've been more Polaroid. I just feel like mm -hmm. it tells more of a story and it's yeah. just, there's nothing like it. And honestly, if you 
if I was to say shoot a project in Instax, I could seriously shoot that project with Instax again and it would look exactly the same. But if I was to shoot a Polaroid project and then try to shoot that same project, even under studio lights, it would not be the same. And that's why I love it. So anything I shoot one of one on a Polaroid is a unique one of one. There's never mm -hmm. going to be another thing like it. And I think I'll be transitioning more to Polaroid because of that fact. Yeah. Like I never could get the perfect Polaroid mm -hmm. shot and that's probably the reason. Uh, and <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you because I tried another technique that didn't work out uh, as I wished. Um, and it's based on um, instant film, but it's okay. where you take your instant film and you load it on a um, uh, 120 camera and then mm -hmm. you shoot with that. Have you ever tried okay. that? Is it without a conversion? Yeah, like you take the film out of the box huh. in the dark room and then you put yeah. it into the 120 camera and you go out and shoot. Like you have just one shot. Then you have to go back into the Interesting. dark room. Interesting. No, I've never even heard of that. And I really want to try it. Yeah, it's, it's very hard because you have to take just one uh, film out of the, yeah. of the box without pressing it because otherwise you, you develop it. Wow. And then is there a border around it or is the whole Polaroid developed? Uh, it, it depends on what camera you use, but it sometimes gets, gets uh, like with the border. Ooh, I want to try that. I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to have put it back into the uh, into the regular um, like Instax Instax camera or the uh, it's easier with Instax actually, and and then okay. you put it back into the canister and you shoot in in the dark so that it just develops the film. It, it doesn't shoot anything. Right. But Interesting. I couldn't get that perfect. Like, I always get a, a part of the image that has been developed before because I couldn't get the film out perfectly. Interesting. And the lights, the film's so sensitive, so I bet you that's really hard. Yeah, but you get some very interesting results, even when you I... don't get the picture, because you, you get those, like, sparkling lights and... Yeah, <laughs> it, I bet, it, it like, could, light leaks. It could be nice in, in your work. Ooh, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. You're going to see it pop up on Instagram. I'm going to credit you because <laughs> you just inspired me. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to ask you uh, a little bit more of um, what's your favorite uh, equi equipment to shoot uh, instant film, like cameras? Uh, you, you talked about which film is your favorite, but what cameras do you shoot? I... The last couple of years doing this, it's been a really experimental process. It's been about, I started with just like a basic Instax camera when I wanted to start kind of like figure out my process. And I started building up and quickly I needed manual control. I, I was like, I need lenses. I do this. I just, I needed it. So I went to the Mamiya Press. It's a um, universal press 120 camera, which has a 35 millimeter conversion kit on it too. Um, I quickly researched backs that I could shoot Polaroid and Instax film with, actually. And I found Roosevelt Company, and they made a conversion back. 
And so I shoot mainly all of my big projects are with that for manual control, especially if I have a model, just it's more professional. I can rely on it. Um, especially when the light starts shifting. Cause if you're longer than six hours, your Polaroids will start looking different. Um, so that's by far my favorite cause I have the most control. Um, but I still carry them like a tourist. Like I live right off of Hollywood Boulevard. And sometimes when I'm going out to create, I will have like six of them on me and people will try to hand me like tour stuff, like tour bus guides. And I'm like, I live here. I'm just obsessed with film, you know? Um, so it really depends. If I get playful, I'll use my Instax um, SQ6 that's modified. And um, I also shoot with a camera that I got from Retrospect that's a vintage um, 600 camera, um, the Frida Kahlo limited edition. So it really depends. But my favorite is the uh, Mamiya Universal Press. But I shoot with probably eight different instant film cameras. Yeah. Um do you try like those weird uh, cameras that Lomography comes out with or you don't like that, that style? I, I have, um, I, I felt like for trying to take my work to a more professional level and taking on clients and taking on like custom projects for people for prints, I couldn't get reliable work and I got a lot of light leaks, which I loved, but I needed more control, um, but I literally pay, I feel like I pay rent to Lomography. They're all their film, they're 35 millimeter. I, pay, I spend so much money. It's, I feel like they know me by first name. But for instant film, I really stick with Polaroid and Instax and um, for reliability. Okay. okay. Yeah. So is there something that you learned with doing all of this instant, instant photography that uh, you wish you knew when you started? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh yeah. And Polaroid has a funny way of teaching you that because it's so expensive and went so like, you literally pay for those lessons. I have a whole trunk of wasted shots. I call them my lessons along the way. Um, just controlling light really with Polaroid. Like I said, I, did, uh, I do digital photography full time for my business. And it's not controlling light with Polaroid. It's nothing. It's, it's like nothing else. And I've learned just a lot about light and scenes and patience just in life. Because when you want to develop a hundred piece collage on locations, you need patience and, um, how to step out of the box and out of my comfort zone and, um, a lot of the times I do go into shoots not really knowing the outcome of them because you don't know what your Polaroids are going to look like. So you have to really trust your instincts. And I didn't really do that before collaging. And it helped me find a lot of confidence in all of my other work too, to be able to be that crazy person, like follow me deep into the woods. I have this great idea, trust me. And then it comes out perfectly. So I think it's taught me a lot. It's taught me a lot along the way. So you talked about uh, you have your mistakes, like your Polaroid mistakes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you keep all of these, uh, all of those shots? Because I, yes. I do. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I do. And I'm actually, um, I feel like my artist brain was keeping them for a reason. And I recently started coming up with ideas in COVID, actually, because I couldn't, sh I'm, a, I'm mainly portraits. I love working with models. 
and I have transitioned to landscapes in Cope because of COVID. And, um, but I'm starting um, like an abstract uh, painting with them, which is really cool. And I'm doing painting collages. So now my mistakes are being turned into art, which makes me very happy because I have boxes of them. And, you know, because sometimes your camera jams or um, I have the back, the Rosie Vote back is technically a printer lab that you build into a back. And then the Rosie Vote's like an arm. So sometimes that dies. And then if you open it wrong, that whole pack's gone. It's wasted. And when you're shooting 100, it, you know, you quickly add up those wasted shots. So I've been using them for something new and I'm actually dropping them in my corn zine. And I'm dropping that soon, hopefully next week. And it'll be the first time anyone gets to see what I'm doing with those painted Polaroids. So it's going to be exciting. So you're not only into photography, you're like really into arts and whatever gets your, uh, like, however you can express yourself, it's what you do. <laughs> I, honestly, I didn't really start doing it until COVID. I literally had an identity crisis, not shooting polar. <laughs> I love shooting people. I love that interaction. I shoot a lot of, um, I shoot like fashion editorials. I like, I like to get like avant-garde and weird. And I like to use a lot of different like kaleidoscope filters. So to not have that, I was like, wow, I need something. And, um, one of my closest friends that I kept in my close COVID circle, um, she is a painter. And I was just like, one day she was shooting, we we're painting on canvas. And I was like, girl, what happens if I could do this on Polaroids? And she was like, this is a great idea. So I kind of just ran with it. So it was born kind of out of necessity for, um, but I actually did not paint before. Um, I usually you just use art, but I am into art of all kinds, studying it, but I, I'm usually just photography. But you're liking like this new experience. Yeah. Or... Yeah. And I'm actually really int um, intrigued and in taking into my art residency in Paris because um, I would have to shoot each day. I'd have to turn in a new project. So to now I can, I'm, I'm intrigued to have that feedback from professionals on if this is something cool. I think it's awesome, but to have How feedback that, is going to be interesting. How does that work? Like the art, like the art residency? Honestly, I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, I applied for it. I really, I applied for it because it's going to be a month. I'm not going to, I'm going to pull myself out of my regular world. Okay. You live, um, you live there, you're isolated and the um, resident, residency itself is like its own little village. So there's only like 50 people. Like it's, it's a place where I'm going to be able to concentrate on art and the feed and you have like studio visits, you critique each other. So it's going to be other like-minded artists. There's poets, there's musicians, photographers, sculptors, there's all kinds of different artists. So I'm really intrigued on getting feedback from other professional artists on on collaging specifically. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. And is there anything else you think it's worth saying about instant film and whatever film mm -hmm. or photography you want to talk about? I think this is really important. I know that we're trying to save instant film and I think it's really important for people to try it. And it's so much fun to get creative with and it's the options are so endless that I really want people to go out and experiment in any way that they see fit in any 
not even just instant film, really just photography, film in general, because film is not dead. It's very much alive. And as soon as somebody shoots instant film for the first time and you hand somebody a camera and that film shoots out, you see that spark in their eyes, man. And I know they're addicted. Yeah. Th that's why I think uh, the Instax Mini, like the actual camera that mm -hmm. other people critique because it's uh, like it's a kind of toy that a lot of uh, young people get uh, like that's critiqued but I think it's very important that young people get that and then get into film photography and yes. maybe other kinds of, of film, film photography not only instant yes and it takes that one shot that you just really fall in love with and then all of a sudden you're like wow then I can do this with it or what happens if I use this filter and then all of a sudden you're just on that you know, that chase and you're just yeah. taking one shot after one shot, buying one pack after one pack and you got the itch and you just fall in love with it. Yeah. I, I just remember something that I wanted to ask you earlier, but okay. <laughs> it just popped in, into my mind. Um, mm -hmm. With your uh, instant cameras, do you also shoot like uh, multi exposures or like other um, mix other techniques in, inside that? Yes, I, I do shoot individual Polaroids as well, and I do shoot double exposures. Um, I'm gonna, I actually have a double exposure coming out in the, uh, the first Polozine book, and it's, it's a beautiful double exposure of a butterfly, and I love the, the endless options, and especially because you don't know what's gonna come out of that. I do wanna start incorporating that into my collages in some way, which I have tried, and it just hasn't really come together. I'm, well, I'm too controlled, I think, but I, um, I am working on it. I'm working on, on bringing double exposures. Well, into it's not easy to control. Like, you, ha you have to control double the pictures because you have, like, the collage and then the collage mm -hmm. that is under the collage. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But I think if, you could, if I can nail it, it'd be so cool. Yeah. I really do. I think it, it really would be would. super cool. And I haven't seen anything like it. But double exposures are so much fun. And I really like double exposures with 35 millimeter. Like, have you ever tried shooting like on one side, like the correct side, and then you take it out in like the dark room and then you put it back on the other side and then you shoot like your double exposures? No, I've It's, never heard of that. <laughs> Actually. I also like to do make like infrared film with just you just make it yourself. I pull out like cheaper film like Fuji. I like using Fuji film and you just pull it out, turn it upside down and put it straight through. Yeah. And then because it's infrared, I like to try to pull it back out and then put it back in <laughs> the correct way again. And then you shoot on the top of it and then one side's infrared and then your other side's correct so it gives you a cool like silhouette double exposure it's really cool so you, so you experiment do, a lot <laughs> yes i do experiment art quite a bit i like to stick my polaroids in the microwave too which <laughs> i actually do use my own microwave and it smells horrible when you do that i do not recommend it it is a fire hazard but it's beautiful for your art what happens when you microwave them uh, if you do it if you have to do it on very low 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 settings because <laughs> it does have metal in them so you never stick metal in the microwave yeah. so you know 
don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> but um, you put it on very low settings and you stick them in the, the sides will crack a little bit, depending on how long it is. I try to get where it's just cracked, like you almost burned it like a candle or like a scroll of paper. And um, But if you do it too long, you'll start getting bubbles on your actual picture. So it definitely depends. But some it starts on fire and um, it pops really loud. And that'll be the metal that's heating up in like the aluminum in the Polaroid. And so you do it on very low settings. You get that pop and there's a little spark and then it's done. But it's there's the chemical development in your Polaroid still. So that smells very bad when you stick it in the microwave. <laughs> so probably not the best thing to, to try no. all the time. Yeah. Maybe no, one I, time it's okay, but... I go to a thrift store and I buy a cheap microwave and then I take it outside and I bring oh. a fire extinguisher now. I learned the hard way. I learned and I use safety. But um, it's very t fun technique to use. You can also just burn the edges with like a lighter. There's like the options are so endless with art and expression that instant film, when you think about it, you can dip it in water or heat it up upon development or scratch it with a key or... You can embroider them or you can, you know, it's just, it's endless. Yeah, that, that is so inspiring. Uh, I hope that everyone <laughs> tries at least two of the things that you said, because there are so many things to try. And yes, there is. Thank you so much for the interview and for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really, I loved speaking with you about analog photography in general. Thank you.